We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFP Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Troche, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Troche, and keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and submit a brief review. That would be very helpful for us. All right, week nine is in the books, Bill, but uh, your uh, youth football bowl season is over. You've already moved into lacrosse, I've seen. Uh, we had a lacrosse scrimmage. Basketball starts tonight. That that grind never stops either. So uh, that was a good, successful fall season for the kids. We're going right into the next one. There you go. All right. So our new uh, – this is the, the, the week that the college football playoff rankings come out for the first time. <laughs> on Tuesday nights. So we are going to have a, a Tuesday night reaction show. We're going to have our Monday uh, recap of the weekend and then our Tuesday night rankings reaction show. And then, of course, later in the week, we'll have our predictions for the following Saturday. So that is the schedule we will keep between now and Selection Sunday. And I'm sure we'll have a pod on Selection Sunday as we finally figure out who's going to be the final Four-team uh, bracket. Who will make up the final four-team bracket before next year when we get to 12? Before we get into it, though, I got some Trochi trivia for you. Are you ready, Mr. Bender? Sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In honor of Tuesday night's first ranking... Okay, there have been nine seasons of this um, college football playoff with the uh, four teams in it. Of the nine seasons, it's a two-part question, kind of. One one you probably have to kind of guess a little bit. Of the initial nine rankings that we've had, the initial ranking, how many number ones have gone on to win the national championship? That's probably a little bit of a guess, but how many have gone on to win the national championship? And the second part of the question how many SEC teams have been the initial number one in the initial rankings? How many different ones? How many different ones? Okay. So think about that. How many have gone on to win the national championship? And then how many SEC teams have been the initial number mm-hmm. one? So think about that. We'll answer that at the end of the show. So let's get into it. This week, the big news, Kansas upsets Oklahoma. It took a fourth and six conversion on the final drive by Kansas and Jason Bean, Kansas wins 38-33. Oklahoma drove down and had like a, a mini Hail Mary from the, the Kansas 23-yard line on the last play of the game. That was incomplete. The Kansas goalposts ended up in the river, just like Tennessee. Uh, your thoughts basically on how this shook up the college football playoff race. And, and you know, we finally have really an upset that, that has really disrupted the top of the pole. Yeah, Paul Feinbaum talked about this yesterday on ESPN's post-game shows. I mean, I agree with him. The Big 12 is in serious trouble. I think Oklahoma giving up 225 yards, 5.5 yards per carry, uh, going into Bedlam this week. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make the playoff. I don't. I think Texas could lose to Kansas State. I mean, these are dang, it's it's really dangerous. I mean, it's a great win for Kansas. Great story for them obviously gets them in the big 12 mix. And and here's part of their problem. And it won't be as much of a problem next year. But if you look at the big 12 standings, there are five teams with one conference loss. All of those teams we mentioned and Iowa State somehow. Including Iowa State, exactly. Right. (laughs) Iowa State, Kansas is a big game for the big 12 this week. But that's high cannibalization rate. It's the same thing. Bill, to a lesser extent, that's going on in the Big 12 or uh, the Pac-12. Pac-12, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you, you'll see where I'm going with this later with my playoff picks. I, I think the Big 12, I I would be very concerned. I could see Texas and Oklahoma both losing on Saturday. Wow, so you don't think they're going to get – there's not going to be a, a rematch of uh, the Red River where each team only has one loss. You don't think that's going to happen? I mean, it, sh- that's their only way to a playoff bid. Because, I mean, that Kansas State, as crazy as it sounds, that 63-yard field goal or 61, however far it was, against Missouri could keep them out of the playoff. I mean, they're on a roll. They've scored 40-plus points the last two weeks. They've figured out some things. Um, Kansas has two tough conference losses, losing to Okie State. Okie State had a bad loss to, I think, wasn't it South Alabama? And that's that's so far. But, yeah, they lost 33-7 to South Alabama. They might win the Big 12. <laughs> so, and I wouldn't be surprised because they found something. So, 
this is something to keep in mind with this conference next year. I think it's going to lead to entertaining football. There'll be a lot of parity within the conference, especially with Oklahoma and Texas out. But as far as this year, yeah, I don't, other than Texas, I don't think Oklahoma's a playoff team. I think that was a really bad loss for them. It was. And they, you know, I mean, they pulled it out against Texas with a brilliant drive at the end of the game, but then they messed around with UCF and like, We've talked about the, all the new Big 12 teams have struggled getting wins against the established Big 12 teams, but UCF almost did it against Oklahoma, and then Oklahoma played with its food a little too many times against Kansas. And, you know, even with a backup quarterback, like Kansas is really good. It kind of leads me to my next topic, like Lance Leipold. Like, he has been such an incredible turnaround. I looked at it, so the, the 33 games – before he got there, they won five. They were five and twenty-eight when he took over. They're fourteen and nineteen with him. Of course, the first year he was two and ten. They're going to go to two straight bowls. They were bowl eligible last year with six wins. They already have six wins this year. It's the only bowls since oh seven oh eight. How long is he in Lawrence? And does the Big Ten scoop him up this year? Well, I mean, Michigan State should be calling him every day. Um, <laughs> He was 109 and six at his last job at Wisconsin and White Wisconsin Whitewater. I mean, and how many national champs? I'm looking it up now. They've won. Well, he had Buffalo. He was with Buffalo before. And he, yeah, well, yeah, yeah that's right. And yeah. he was good at Buffalo. He took them mm-hmm. to three straight bowl games, and then he won six straight or six national championships. And beating Mount Union in that division is not easy. Um, so yeah, he's a winner, and he's got a winning culture. I did think they keep it simple, running the football. Being able to do that with a backup quarterback who is, I think I slacked you something about, like he's an ultra super light version of Brett Favre. I mean, he one pass <laughs> is really good and the next pass is into triple coverage. Uh, but they've made that work. So I guess the question is, does he want to stay there? He's at 59 years old. That typically means you're either there or you got one more in you in terms of if you're a lifer, you got one more job where maybe he elevates and takes that next job, but it would have to be a really good fit. I think what he's done at Kansas, or he could stay at Kansas with a 12-team playoff format and Oklahoma and Texas leaving, maybe make them a playoff regular. That would be yeah, so- You're ready for a Utah-Kansas uh, Big yeah. 12 championship? <laughs> I mean, they'll compete for Big 12 championships, no question. They're doing it right now. I know. It's unbelievable. He was... Uh... He was a finalist for the Vanderbilt job, Bill. He was a finalist for the Vanderbilt job. Tough break. Tough break for my Commodores. But, yeah, he's done great. Michigan State needs a coach. Northwestern needs a coach. So we will see what happens there. Um, Yeah, I was looking at the coaching hires. When he was hired, pretty good class of hires after the 2020 season. Leipold went to Kansas. Heupel went to Tennessee. Sark at Texas and Jed Fish at Arizona. I would say Leipold probably has done the best job, but those four guys have really, you know, if you're an AD, you're happy with those hires. Yeah. I mean, Josh Heupel was a, he's 24 and 10. He's taking them to an orange bowl. He's beat Alabama. Uh, he's done what they need. Jed Fish. I'll tell you what, Arizona is. As fun a late night watch as any team could possibly be. (laughs) I mean, I enjoyed their game against Oregon State. Noah Fafita's playing good ball in term in in place of Jaden Delora. They play another one this week against UCLA that it's a tough game to pick. 
And Jed Fish has been responsible for that. He inherited a very messy program when he got there. So he's been great. And then Sarkeesian, yeah, I mean, they're in the mix. This is their, I thought the BYU game might be closer without a backup, with a backup quarterback in there with that. And they just plowed through them. And and that was a big win for Coach Sarkeesian because it was his alma maters. And he's got Texas. I think they're the best bet from the big 12 to get in the playoff. Mm -hmm. I don't know that they will, but yeah, he's, he's, I mean, for all the people that like to crack on the Longhorns, they're seven and one in November. I mean, that's as finally, yeah, take it a while, but yeah, finally they've done it and able to do it. They're in good shape. And that's all you can ask for getting into these last four weeks. That's funny. Three of those guys are playing with backup quarterbacks right now. um, And they're all still doing pretty well. So, Let's talk USC, not as rosy a picture for those guys. They win 50-49, to 49, uh, denied Cal a two-point conversion with 59 seconds to go. They had to come from behind all game. Uh, the defense, again, looks like it's, you know, they forced four turnovers and still gave up seven touchdowns somehow. So I, <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. And you and I, when we – when – Cal was up two touchdowns, and it looked like USC might lose again, and that would be their that would have been their third loss of the season, right? Third, right. yeah. What was going through your mind? What I was going through my mind was: Is Caleb Williams going to finish out the season? Now we talk about you know guys that skip bowl games to get ready for the NFL, and that's kind of established for the past five years at least, and. Now I'm starting to wonder when a guy, especially so Caleb Williams would be an interesting case because he is the slam dunk number one pick or number one quarterback. I don't think he's done anything to uh, turn anyone off that he's not going to be the number one guy this year. He's, you know, ultra talented and all this. And what, what can he gain by finishing out the season? I think the NFL teams have shown that they don't care if a guy skips the bowl game, a guy, you know, what was it? Uh, who was it out of Ohio State that uh, was it Bosa? Mm-hmm. Never came back. Just kind of could have come back, maybe, but just he got the impression that he just wanted to get ready for the NFL. NFL teams did not worry about that whatsoever. What if? Do you think Caleb would shut it down with like three games? Let's say they lose to Washington and Oregon, and there's a couple games left. I guess it's just UCLA and then the bowl game. But I don't know. Do you? Could you see a player, well, I guess specifically Caleb, and then just in general, a player down the road who is a top five pick and has nothing to gain from those last three regular season games, uh, shutting it down, not only before the bowl, but before the regular season's even over? Maybe. I mean, Jamar Chase and Mike Michael Parsons didn't play the COVID year, and they're two of the best players in the NFL. <laughs> Good point. I mean, I mean, those two stick out. You meant, I mean, I remember... I think also Denzel Ward, I remember when he sat out a bull game for Ohio State and it was a New Year's Day six bull game. I was wondering, okay, when but does the Rose Bowl, wasn't it? Uh Cotton Bowl against Cotton USC. Bowl. Okay. So I was wondering at the time, and Sam Darnold was playing for USC, so it's a fitting transition. Is when is a quarterback gonna sit out one of these games? And sure enough, that was gonna happen down the line. Now when is the quarterback going to sit out in the regular season? I don't think he will. I think he will play this week. Obviously, I think he'll play because they play Oregon. 
there's some high they play UCLA. It's tough to see Caleb Williams sitting out the US, UCLA game, but I, I would say he's probably almost certainly not going to play in the bowl game. Now, the big question for me is, okay, then what are we doing with NIL? Are you going to start prorating some of those? Because are you paying a kid for eight games? And I think that's something to watch because it's different from the NFL where guys start shutting down in week 17 and 18, but that's a professional job. Is that what we're calling this for real? Um, and then as for USC, I mean, I think, I actually think they're going to play well this weekend. They, they've had a rough three weeks. Washington's looked bad. Mm. They've neither one of those teams can stop the run. And I think that extra layer for Caleb of going up against Michael Penix will turn that into one of the most entertaining games of the weekend. So a shootout because now that one of those teams, like I said, Washington's looked rough last two weeks. Uh, they were Stanford ran that reverse play. They had it. They just threw Absolutely a bad pass. They had it, yeah. Yeah, so I to answer your question, it may happen down the line, and it would have to be somebody of his caliber. But I think it's some it, at heart some of these guys, I mean, are we really saying a, a season of, you know, seven and two and one loss in conference play is down the tubes? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can see why people think that, but they're still technically in the Pac-12 championship hunt. They are. What about another guy? I just thought of North Carolina, Drake May. I mean, yeah, that, that, well, again, same story. The defense is awful, right? And not playing well the last couple of weeks and Drake would have that option. So I hope it doesn't become a trend. I really don't because then we're, we're just playing for a 12 team playoff. And you know, what is the college game? It, it, it would be unhealthy for the game. But the NFL doesn't care. I mean, I, I point back no. to Par- I remember Parsons and Chase. Now, granted, that was during a COVID year, and it was everybody had to make their own personal decisions. They weren't the only two that sat out that year, but it clearly did not affect Mike Parsons at all or Jamar Chase. They are legitimately two of the best players in the NFL right now. No doubt. So, all right, well, let's move on to uh, another big story from the weekend Georgia. No Brock Bowers. No problem. <laughs> 43 Apparently to 20 not. against Florida. The Florida scored on their opening possession, went down the field, looked good, looked sharp. They were moving the ball. They were up 7 nothing, And then Georgia ripped off 36 straight points to end all the drama in Jacksonville. Your thoughts on Georgia without Brock and uh, have they established themselves as number one? We'll get into your four picks, but as right. Georgia, they reestablished themselves as, as the clear number one in your eyes? Yeah, Lab McConkey was Stetson's go-to guy, and now Carson Beck reestablished that, got the long touchdown. The running game was good. Defense was good. They're still really awesome. I mean, and Delp looks like Brock Bowers, but just not as polished and maybe not quite the Superman at tight end, but they have dudes. They have guys behind them, and they had a bye week to get ready. I am intrigued about this week's game against Missouri. Hmm. Our, Our picks will be out. Monday against the spread. That's one I'm struggling with because I could totally see them doing what they did to Kentucky. And, but this is a very good Missouri football team. So I, you know, that we'll, we'll find out what we need to know about Georgia. I do think they'll probably be number one because of how they played Saturday. It was that little reminder that, Hey, we're still the two time champs, but it, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see 
how they evaluate that top three. I, I know who number four is going to be, and we'll get into that in a second, but I want to see how they evaluate that top three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Georgia, they've, you know, seems like they get, I don't, I don't want to say bored, but they have not been razor sharp in a lot of these games, but they're such one, you know, heavy favorites in all of them. And then this one had some hype. This one had some juice to it, and they rose to the occasion. Uh, next week is going to have some juice. The Tennessee game will have some juice. So I think it's going to be fun to kind of watch Georgia down the stretch as they're tested a little bit and they're under the spotlight a little bit and see how they play. And, you know, so far so good for sure. I don't think they have quite the NFL talent that they've had the last couple of years, but I still think, you know, everything's in place. And when they seem to be locked in, it's a scary thought to see. Um, they are, you know, they flex their muscles for sure on Saturday. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Ohio State. They look good with Trevion Henderson back. He has been not banged up a little bit. He looked healthy on Saturday night. Uh, gave them the running threat. Wore Wisconsin down. Sealed the game with the 33-yard run at the end. That Wisconsin just couldn't, couldn't hold the fort anymore. Marvin Harrison was unbelievable. I don't know if his Heisman odds have gone up this week. I don't know. They should have if they didn't. I haven't looked yet. But I made the observation on Saturday night. I feel like he makes them from a top 10 team to a top two team. He carries so much weight with him. He has so much gravity, as I like to say, that everyone has to pay attention to him, but he still gets open. He's still the number one target. That touchdown he had getting his foot down was unbelievable <laughs> again. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he is just – he's such a difference maker. You don't see that from the wide receiver position quite as much as just how he elevates that whole offense right now. So your thoughts on Ohio State and, and you know, what that win over Wisconsin meant. Uh, it's always – they never let Wisconsin get going. I mean, the – there was a near punt return for a touchdown and they Wisconsin had three first half turnovers that they, or the Buckeyes had three first half turnovers that Wisconsin could have taken advantage of. And that defense just kept making stops. I, I think they are writing a 2002 formula that they did with Jim Trestle where Kyle McCord's kind of like Craig Krenzel where everybody's like, Hey, he's not that good. Ah, but he, you know what? But he wins. And Harrison's kind of like their Maurice Claret where Maurice Claret, no two, was that difference maker that made them special on offense. And Harrison's that guy. He's, yeah, he's the best player in the country. He, I, I still think J.J. McCarthy and him probably 
could decide the Heisman or Michael Penix could win it if he continues to do what he's doing. Those are the top three right now. I don't think that changes. Their defense is outstanding. They, you know, Tommy Eichenberg makes a tackle on a shovel pass at the end of the half. That Tyleek Williams, we overlooked him on our midseason All-American team. I, I definitely overlooked him. He, as much as JT and Denzel Burke and a couple other guys are really good on that team, he he gives them a difference maker on the interior. So, yeah, they're they're really good. And I think as we, as we slide into the next part, we talked about Georgia. There's a case for Georgia to be number one. High State's case is their resume. Like if they came to your desk, they would say, hey, we beat Notre Dame. We beat Penn State. We give up 10 points a game. Um, but Henderson just gives them an added yeah, up, too, don't you think? They needed that. He's He can take it to the house. I mean, he's got some burst in the running game. He had the big run against Notre Dame. That was a difference in the game in a lot of ways. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're really good, and they're plowing along, and, you know, that they just – keep winning and i think the trick for them is not to look ahead they do play a solid rutgers team on the road this week and then they got michigan state and minnesota they'll cruise there and then it's on i mean it's it, that game that they've been talking about openly uh about the scars from last year all right give me your top four you broke you broke it down for us on sportingnews.com on saturday uh, I don't think your thoughts have changed at all, but go, go through what you think we're going to see and if you think that that's the, the correct way to do it. Well, I mean, you can tell me. I mean, we, we can both do our top four. So, like, who would you have it for? Four? Uh, probably Florida State. Same. I mean, yeah. I think that's the easy decision. They, the, they'll have them ahead of Washington because Washington hasn't looked great. Florida State has the LSU victory. They're actually cruising in ACC play. Uh, you know, they've, they've won impressively the last three weeks, covered the spread. And Jordan Travis, they don't turn the ball over a lot. I, I dug up the stat this morning. They uh, find this real quick. They have in ACC play just three turnovers in six ACC, six ACC games. So that's how you win. That's winning football, not turning the ball over, being efficient. And I think they're an easy number four. Who would you have at three? <laughs> you're gonna say georgia i know I think you are georgia. <laughs> yeah. you're going to I, do. Right? I think georgia just because i think ohio state's resume is better and i think michigan has performed closer to their potential than georgia has more consistently although if you line up georgia and michigan on the field and they both play their potential i think georgia wins so yeah i can see that too and i think with with uh georgia i would I'm going to probably put Ohio State here because I think that's what they're going to do. And I know they have the two big wins, but the committee likes to invent a phrase each week. So maybe this week it's not resume. Maybe it's game control, which would favor Michigan. If it's resume, it would favor um, Ohio, Ohio State. State. If it's you know recency bias, it, it's probably going to help Georgia. And they, I still think – this committee tends to favor SEC teams a little bit. And I'm not saying that in like a conspiracy way. I mean, the SEC typically has the best conference. So typically win the national championship. Yeah. I mean, they got that track record that is impossible. And I think when you pop the film on, on Georgia, you see like these college football coaches do, you see a lot of talent. So I'm going to go Ohio state three. That's probably going to outrage some, some Buckeye fans when they, when it happens. But, um, yeah, I'll say they're three. And then two, I, so two we both think is Michigan then? 
You think it'll be Michigan? I think Michigan will be too. I think they'll they'll ask him about the sign stealing allegation. There hasn't been a story for seventy two hours, so I'm wondering where that goes this week. But and Jim Harbaugh will pay attention. We'll have updates from his press conference. But um, game control's good. Everybody keeps saying they haven't played anybody. Well, not necessarily true. Like Nebraska's could win the Big Ten West. Minnesota is in the lead in the Big Ten West. And uh, Rutgers is a bull team. They it, The record isn't as bad as you think. Now, are these teams as ranked teams? No. But do you need to see a 24 next to it to matter? Because that's Rutgers is probably about a top borderline top 25 team. And UNLV is 6-2. and two. So, yeah, that's a heavy sell, but they I think we're going to figure out everything we need to know about them anyway. It won't be this week against Purdue either, but there's something to be said when you go out and bludgeon everybody you play, and nobody's doing it quite like them. Yeah, no, it's fun to argue about, uh, but ultimately, obviously, everything's in front of these guys. Georgia's got some challenges ahead of them. Michigan's got some challenges ahead of them. Ohio State obviously has the Michigan game, um, and I thought I saw a headline that Michigan had pulled the extension offer from Harbaugh. I don't know if you That's saw that headline. It's been reported um, that it was rescinded because of this these allegations, but we'll see. You know, we're hoping to talk to uh, John Bacon about some of these Harbaugh things this week and it doesn't surprise me that that that's going on right now because you want to kind of see where the next couple of weeks go. I know Tim May, I joined him on his podcast and we kind of agreed that not to get too far in the weeds on this, but that a reasonable punishment would be the big 10 just gets out in front and says, Hey, Stallions is suspended indefinitely. And Harbaugh and the two coordinators are suspended for the Penn state game. Not quite the punishment you came up with a couple of weeks ago for every week that they did it, but it's, it's at least getting out in front of it. You know, maybe even two games. Say, I, I think that would be a fair penalty because then they could potentially lose Penn State and everybody gets what they want where they have to beat Ohio State to win the Big Ten or whatever. And that would be a fair punishment in some ways. And Tim and I talked through that on his podcast. You'll have to check it out. But no, I, I don't. That's theoretical Sports writer punishments rarely happen, trust me, because we're not in, we don't have the the access to what those guys have in terms of how much money these games make. I mean, it's just the fascinating thing is where, who hired the investigative firm to get these Michigan computers over to the NCAA? Yeah, that's enough for a lot of conspiracy theories right now. Um, Ward Manuel, did he do it? I mean, come on. I don't know. Somebody on the inside did it. It's everybody from, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, it really is. For those Somebody of, did it. For those of us who have seen Spies Like Us that, that and, have, and like our 80s comedies, I mean, this is kind of like a comedy movie at this point to me. I mean, where we're going with it. But yeah, I mean, but bottom line, on the field, they're number two. So I'm going to say Georgia will be one. I, I think... I think if Georgia played Michigan tomorrow, Georgia would win. I think if Georgia played Ohio State tomorrow, it would be a similar game to last year, lower scoring, mm. and Georgia would win. I think Kirby knows Georgia would win, and Kirby's coming out like flattening Dan Mullen after flattening Florida and 
he's got a little edge and there's still no coach in the country that can convince his team that they are underdogs, despite the fact that from a blue chip talent standpoint, the only school that has nearly as much is either, well, high state kind of the bronze medal there is Alabama. And he just finds ways. I wonder if he really believes that in his head. Like he wakes up and be like, I'm an underdog, but you know what? It works for Kirby. He's got him rolling. And uh, I think they'll be ranked number one. People might not like it, but by the way, the rest of their opponents have a combined record of 24 and eight. So they'll get to play through it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. So, all right, back to the trivia question and then we'll get out of here. So we've had nine years of this, you know, initial rankings. How many times has the initial number one gone on to win the national championship? That's part A of the question. That's a tough one. I, I would say. I understand if it's just a guess, but yeah. Yeah. Like maybe I can get like one of those like drivers education questions where it's like, you're close enough that you got it right. Um, <laughs> I'll say three, two. That's close. Uh, 20, who were they? 21 Georgia uh-huh. and 2020 Alabama. I knew 2020 Alabama was one. I thought one of those Clemson teams maybe started one and and won it. But uh, the second part is how many different SEC teams? I'm, I think I'm going to be close again. Four. Can you name them? Yes, it is four. Alabama, Georgia. Yes. yes. I'm going to get this one right, though. So Alabama, Georgia, LSU. No. Never oh. mind. One. Okay. That's my one. Mall. I know, so I'll make up for it. I thought LSU with Burrow would have been number one. Uh, Mississippi State with Dak. Correct. And there's a fourth one. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Give me a second. There's no way it's them. Um, did Tennessee start number one? Was Tennessee number one last, last year? 2022, Tennessee was the initial number one. Then Georgia, wow. Matt, Georgia smacked them down. The yeah, week. like they had about a week of that where then it was. So Burrow was not. The opening number Ohio one. State was the uh, number one in 2019 at the, the initial. Um, See, that's yeah. why that's why I think that all backs up what I think, Bill, that, that uh, Georgia will be probably number one. And it's it's an easy but I could you can make a really strong case for all three and you can actually make a decent case for Florida State. And I do think those four. This is what I was going to tell you before we get out of here. All of this Big 12 and Pac-12 stuff, and we have our bull projections out, I think it leads to Ohio State and Michigan going back to the playoff. Because I think these four teams are better than everybody else, with the possible exception of Oregon, who should be undefeated, would beat Washington if they played tomorrow, probably will be ranked sixth, and they have that look. They have that look of a team that could do it. Right. If they if they finish twelve and one as the Pac twelve champ and beat Washington in a rematch, they're in. It's hard to keep them out. They're in. And yeah. they'll they'll hop through the second Big Ten team and they should. But they still have to play USC and they still have to play Oregon State. So the Pac twelve, another whenever you and I argue about fourteen versus twelve team, you should just say this part where it's like the Pac-12 is too good for its own good because the games are great. The The entertainment value is high, but because of this, like getting two losses and knocking somebody out, they're probably going to cannibalize themselves out of the playoff. Right. 
And then we miss out on seeing a Pac-12 team in a winner-take-all situation, a winner-go-home situation. So, yeah, real quick. So just the initial number ones from 2014 on, Mississippi State, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee. So a lot of Alabama, seven of the nine have been SEC. Um, And then Ohio State got one and Clemson got one. Uh, during those nine years, and then tenth uh, year will be on Tuesday, and it's we may have another SEC team. It could be eight out of ten. Yep. So probably will be. All right. Well, thank you to everyone for listening to the CFB Nation All America Podcast presented by Twisted Tea. Thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football. Please leave a review if you enjoyed it today. We will be back Tuesday night with special guest Brian Driscoll from Irish Breakdown to break down those first rankings that we've been talking about from the committee. So stay tuned for that one. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you on Tuesday.